Hey everybody, good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Family Life Podcast. We are your hosts, Greg and Rachel Denning. Still bringing it to you from Turkey. We actually, I wasn't even going to say anything. Is it Turkey or Turkey? I don't know. I don't speak Turkish. And we've had many wonderful experiences recently of trying to do charades with people who don't speak English and we don't speak Turkish. But we legitimately had a bucket list weekend. It was very serendipitous, meaning we went out to in search of something good and found something even better. It was incredible. It was amazing. Just all of us, the whole family was just like blown away. First of all, this entire country is like a museum. In fact, we saw t-shirts and magnets that said, Turkey, Turkey, the world's largest museum yeah it, it's unbelievable yeah, exactly. and there's just thousands and thousands of years of history here and greek these, roman byzantine ottoman like tons you and name tons it, of it's, history <laughs> it's still there it's incredible and there's so we went looking for this the ancient city of ephesus where you know where paul wrote his epistles to the ephesians he actually was there for about three years. And then I learned that um, John, St. John was there as well. But then we learned that Cleopatra and Mark Anthony were there. And man, it was, it was and unbelievable. And then we went to the city of Aphrodisias, which, is, which was has the so temple of Aphrodite. Cool. Then we went to the city of Hierapolis, which is called the Sacred City. It was the richest city in Asia Minor in some period of time. Um, just incredible. And. They have hot springs, natural hot springs there in this yes. white mountain. And they uh, had a temple dedicated to Pluto or Hades, depending on which language. And because of the hot springs coming out of the ground, they thought it was from the river Styx. And, and then we got to do a hot air balloon ride above over that. that city. Wow. That was incredible. So first time for our whole family to get in a hot air balloon together. It was or at all. fantastic. Yeah. Oh, man. That was so incredible. it was pretty magical. Then we took this super long cable car uh, all the way to the top of this mountain. And when we got up there, man, it was just the fog rolled in and it was cold. And we just cuddled up by the fire, the whole family in this little cabin, little rustic <laughs> no cabin. <internet. laughs> and no internet, which is great. And and just had an awesome experience. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. We had a great weekend. And then really tough hard workout this morning with the with the kids everybody it was awesome so just life is absolutely fantastic so today we wanted to talk about something that comes up all the time with uh, individual coaching with group coaching with people we're talking about with things we hear online or see in chats or whatever and it's just this one element well it that sorry i'm going to interrupt a little obviously this is something that we've had to figure out in our own marriage which has helped to make it as wonderful as it is and we truly have like an incredible marriage this has been a key element and it's coming up now because Specifically, yeah, you have been working with clients. It just keeps coming up again and, they're, and again. They're talking about these problems they're having with their spouse. And as 
this is it okay first of all this is a challenge that happens in marriage it's also a challenge that happens in all communication in general yes, when the yes yes well what i'm about to explain is when you use a word and it means something to you you're like this word means this <laughs> but to the other person it means something different and in some ways i think that's what's happened with some of your coaching clients because you'll say you need to listen to your wife which means in your head because of our experiences in our own marriage it means this but to them it obviously doesn't mean the same thing because they quote unquote do it but they're not getting the results that it should be producing if you're doing it in the right way because listening is a very complex yes it's super complex it's actually really active but it's so subtle it seems Passive. Passive. Right. But if you are at all passive right. as a listener, you're not listening. Right. And there's a lot to it. And, and I guess I want to reemphasize, just like you were saying, this this will change the quality and outcome of your relationships. Not only your marriage, but I mean, this will change relationships in the workplace. This will change work in church and in, in the community. If you learn how to listen, truly, deeply listen well, and, and I would obviously listening is a, is a skill that needs to be learned in practice and I would say it's different I, I would say it's different for men and women I mean you can be a, you can become just a world-class listener well and I, I think would... we should but there's something unique about listening to women and then obviously what we're gonna talk about today is listening to your wife which is a whole nother level right like you're gonna you're gonna really listen to your wife differently and better and deeper and in a different way than you would to any other person and any other woman for that matter. Right. And I think that's especially what we're going to expound on in this episode because there's plenty of books on listening and communication and all and that work great in the workplace or in teams or at church. But what we want to expound on here is the specific way of listening that may require lots of different things that you have to do with your wife, especially in challenging times, especially if she is very emotionally distraught, especially if she's very overwhelmed, and even more especially, if all of those things have been stacking for years. I mean, we've often talked about emotional stacking, where if you have emotions and they go unresolved, well, they never go away, they just build on top of each other. And so if you have a wife, <laughs> that's had a lot of emotional stacking. Now, emotional stacking happens with men too, but it's generally handled in different ways. Um, I know you love to use exercise as an emotional outlet. You love to use sex as an emotional outlet. Like you have a lot of other outlets where for me and for a lot of women, again, we know that this is a generalization, but it, it's true usually 80% of the time or more, I need to verbally speak and talk through my emotions in order to process them and to release them. Now, when you have a great marriage and the man, the husband understands this process, doing this with your husband is one of the best places to do it because you go to someone you love, you trust, and when they learn how to listen, then they can support you instead of what often happens we see is that the men, they get offended, they get upset, they feel that you're complaining they feel that you know we're gonna it's go all through these totally different things. Misunderstood so then it actually becomes 
a source of contention in your marriage instead of a way of connecting. Because now that we've learned to do this the right way, this processing, some people might call it venting, they might call it complaining, they might call it lots of different things. There's lots of different words that could be used for it. It now becomes a way for us to connect even deeper because we're able to share emotion, deep emotional thoughts and feelings and, and work through it together and find solutions together and or just to be heard, right? So it's it sounds very complex, I'm sure. <laughs> and you might think, oh, so much work. But I really truly think the work is worth it. Like it really is worth it. And when you figure it out, which we want to walk through how to do that today, I think it becomes magical. And I think it becomes part of, we've often talked about the, the circle of intimacy, right? Like that sex is a linchpin, but it sex and intimacy includes the physical side of it, but it also includes this emotional side of it. And it includes the woman being able to open up and talk to her man in a very deep way. Yep. And most it importantly has to, be. to be felt to feel understood and accepted by him despite all of the potential ugliness because ultimately that's kind of what she's afraid of she's afraid that if she opens up and shows her innermost feelings fears concerns worries he won't be able to handle it he won't admire her still he won't love her still and so he'll be bothered or yeah, disgusted or exactly. disapprove of her. Right. And so if that's there, she can't fully open up. But when it is there and she feels understood and accepted and adored and loved still, then that opens the door for even deeper intimacy physically because she feels truly whole and accepted, right? And where, where this is missing a lot, and I feel like I want to, like shout a warning here is that if it's not happening if this kind of deep dialogue and, and real listening isn't happening between spouses uh, women will often turn to other outlets um, uh, other other women they get friends. together with their friends their uh, their mothers sisters, sisters whatever which is and which can be fine it, to have some of well, that well yes but... it can be okay to have some of that and and some men are probably like, Whew, dude, good, 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 go go talk to your mom, man. <laughs> go call, go out with your girlfriends. Go go talk. Blah, 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 I don't have time for this. Whatever. I, it's not. It's okay. What you're doing is turning away this fountain of intimacy and connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're you're saying, well, go over here and really just feel heard and validated and understood. Right. And when you get it all out, come back and and let's connect. Right. And you're like, dude, you're missing. You miss it. it. Right. You're missing it. Now, uh, we got to throw this out here. Like, it's not always pleasant. In fact, it's no. very often uncomfortable and... Sometimes ugly. The ugly crying. Ugly. <laughs> some, like, you, you feel like it, it sometimes can take a lot of time, especially if it hasn't been happening and there's a especially lot that needs to come out. Like, it, there's... <laughs> There's going to be some time. Right. And what's interesting and, and like, difficult. Sometimes you feel like it's just a complete waste of time. Yes. Like, there's so many other things we could be doing. Why are we doing this? Especially, Why are we having this conversation? Especially if you're driven and ambitious yeah. and you want to be productive. You're just like, oh my God. Which as a, on. as a woman who, like I am a very ambitious, productive woman. And I often feel like that sometimes. I'm like, ah, oh, 
I'm so annoyed that I need to talk to you right now, right? Because I should be doing other things. I want to be doing other things, but I have to, I've learned I have to get this out. I have to process it. I have to release it, right? In some ways it's kind of weird. It's like this emotional orgasm, right? I've got to release this so I can focus and get back to work, get back to doing what I am capable of doing because I've been able to release this emotion and be heard by you, which just, it, it just helps everything. It helps me feel better. It helps us connect. It helps us well, stay connected. It helps you feel whole and centered and peaceful. Exactly. It helps you like get rid of this distraction mm -hmm. or turmoil. You know, there's so many metaphors for this. Like if, if you had just this ache just say you're just holding something straight out in front of you or, or whatever, or up above your head. You just right. got this you thing you're holding your above your head. And after a few minutes, it's just going to be killing your shoulders. It's going to be killing yeah. your back, your neck. You're just, it's just going to be screaming. And you're sitting and saying, well, hey, just focus. let's just, let's just sit down and let's talk about something. Or let's make love. And you're like, I can't focus on anything but this thing. Right. Like you really can't engage or be present or be... Be beautiful or wonderful exactly. or there because there's this this pain. Right. That this, has to be It's gotta resolved. get rid of it, right? Exactly. And and it's really this can be super challenging for men because we don't have this same need right. or drive. And yes, I use the word need in this case. There there are some well known presenters out there that are like, No, there's no needs. Needs are the only thing you can call a need is like Food, so water, and shelter that you would die without it. And I was like, that is so shallow and sh short-sighted because we have, there are layers and layers of human needs. So yeah, you won't die, but you'll be miserable or you won't have the connection. We're talking about an absolutely extraordinary marriage and a whole person. Well, this is a need. Yeah. It needs to happen. So. Now, we've also seen that when this is misunderstood in a marriage, which is unfortunately more often than not. Way more. One of the negative side effects it has is that it does disconnect couples because from the woman's perspective, and she may not be able to articulate this, in fact, there's very few people who can, but she feels less of a desire to physically connect with you through sex because you're not meeting this need that she has. And, you and know, the, the man right now is like, what? What is listening? Right. What is her talking about this sex? stuff? <laughs> but it's the circle. Again, if you think of this circle, it goes round and round. And her ability to open up and share with you and feel heard by you mentally, emotionally, and physically opens her up to receiving intimacy from you. And that can be like crying and like it sounds like complaining it, it can just be saying out loud whatever is on she's her mind. thinking or afraid of or worried about all the concerns all fears worry are coming out and to a man you're like are you kidding me <laughs> and and the man's trying to fix the problems trying to tell her she doesn't need to worry about it trying to he, he's he's going into his man brain like what? this is so dumb like right. what, what are you talking about and it's like this huge turn off to him 
And then afterwards, she's like, oh, I feel so much better. And he's like, I'm done with you <laughs> if, he, if he lasts enough to stay right. in the room. Well, this is actually the perfect story that happened to us. We were in the process of figuring these things out. And Luckily, we figured this out a long time ago. Yeah, but, but so we were living in Morocco at the time. And again, we were, we were beginning to understand this about ourselves. And I remember you were initiating intimacy and I was open to it, but I also had what we call it all these tabs open. Like I had all these open tabs in my brain that I needed to close and we, we didn't yet understand this fully. And so I'm going through and I'm, I'm mentioning all these things. I'm saying all these things. I'm closing all these tabs. And, oh, and then this, oh, and this, this happened. Oh, and then the kid said this and this. And, and in my after mind, a few minutes I'm like, later, you know wait, what? my perspective first, after a few minutes later, you know, he'd been just kind of rubbing my legs or my back or all these things, you know, while I'm talking. And then he just gets up and walks into the bathroom and I'm like, where are you going? He's like, well, obviously you're not interested in sex right now, so I'm going to like... I'm just getting ready for bed. I'm going to go to bed. And I was like, no, actually now I'm totally ready. Like I just cleared all these tabs. I closed them down. I'm ready now, babe. And he was like, what? <laughs> and so from your perspective, you're thinking... Yeah, I'm like, oh, great. There's, she there, just there goes any talk. of my chances of, of making love tonight. She's just going to go and talk. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll be a good husband. Listen. And she just goes on which, and on and on, getting was, all this stuff out. And I'm like, okay, no, I'm just going to brush my teeth and go to bed. Right. Disappointed. Which was interesting. You already knew <laughs> enough that you weren't trying to give me answers or solutions. You were just, quote listening. unquote, listening, right? Just not saying anything. But then we're just like, I'll get ready for bed while I listen, you know? And we finally understood, like, no, this is actually preparing me. This is actually helping me because I'm getting all of these things off my mind so that then I can be in my body instead of my head and I'm open and ready for this. So that's a key part of this, of some, you know, something that is holding couples back because you have husbands coming to you who are being coached by you saying, my wife's not interested. And you're trying to walk them through this process of you have to listen. You have to help her close the tabs. Now, the challenge... And they often say, well, I do listen. I, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm sitting there listening. And, and we're going to get into, like, right. what it really looks like But to then listen. they'll say, like, well, I can't let her say something if it's wrong. Or if it's... Da, 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 da. And we're like, ah, hold on a second. Um, but then the other challenge is that if this process hasn't been happening, there's going to be stacks and stacks and like desktops full of tabs that need to be closed. And so if a guy's thinking, okay, I'm gonna listen to her so we can have sex in an hour, it doesn't work like that. Cause she literally might have to talk to you for a week <laughs> and cry to close all of those tabs that have been open forever. And you might think, oh, this doesn't even work. It's not going anywhere, you know? And then if she ever picks up that you're doing it just so you can get sex, well, there you go. You've just ruined the whole thing. And I think that's super important. You're not like checking off the box. You're not going through the motions. You're not going to be like, oh, well, okay, if I listen, then we'll have sex. Okay, I'll listen. Mm -hmm. It's not that. You listen because you love her. And you understand you, that this is important for her for, well-being and for your connection as a couple. for the relationship, for the marriage, for the intimacy. And, and, and we're, intimacy in this context is very different than the word sex. In fact, I, I think we should get away with that whole 
we've we've started using the word intimacy in the place of sex, and I don't I don't I don't think that's accurate. Well, it can involve intimacy for sure. That's but just physical intimacy, right. right? And it is, but intimacy is is so much more. But this is part of intimacy, and then because you're more intimate, you're more connected, you're you're closer, then sex is better too. Mm-hmm. Like everything's better. And so this man, this is such a critical piece that, and and I want to keep reiterating this. Men have a hard time understanding this because it's not the way we think. It's not right. the way we operate. It's not the, what one of our needs. It's just not there. So when early on in our marriage, when you're trying to tell me this, I was like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. Like, what? No. What are you talking about? Well, and I think there was even a time when you tried to convince me I was wrong. Like, it didn't have to be that way. Well, like, right. Because not... in my I'm like, no. Like, you don't know. No, there's there's another way because I was thinking with you know I'm like I don't need that right. There's got to be I a must have better way. Worked, I must have obviously, worked my way out of a, this. Obviously, <laughs> this doesn't have to be a thing, you know. Well, and so I I wanted to mention this for sure earlier, but I'll mention it now. If you're someone who's thinking, yeah, you know, men and women they're pretty much the same. Women aren't more complex. Like you just have to figure out that we're pretty much the same and and go from there. That's not true. And the reality is women are just more complex. And if you're a woman and that bothers you, we need to find some peace with that. One of the things that has proven this to me, among many other things, was when Greg and I went together to get our blood work done. We were really focusing on functional health and, you know, preventative medicine. We went to this clinic and they took our blood work and we're going to do all these other things with it. So they're just they're laying out a full blood panel, just measuring all kinds of things in our bodies. Right. And so we read it and I'm like, "Oh, this will be super cool." And then they what they do is they um they, they well they take our blood and they run all this stuff and literally like we're there for a little bit and then by the time we're we're about to roll out they're they're ready to give me my results like it was it was it was super fast and like okay here's all the stuff i'm like wow this is fantastic i'm looking at my numbers and like oh well this is good and i mean they tested my testosterone levels and cholesterol all this different stuff i'm like this looks great and here's all these numbers this that i'm like great like this is cool we went over mine i'm like okay let's look at rachel's and they were like i can't remember i think i think it was like three or four days they're like yeah we'll get her so i'm like what it was a minimum of Why? two days. They're like, oh, her, hers will be done in like two to four days. And like, we were like, what? What the heck? I'm like, dude, mine, you're handing me mine right now and telling me hers. Like an hour like, later. What gives? And they're like, oh, man, the a female body is so much more complex and complicated. Like there's so much more work. It It's going to take us days to have her results ready. Right. And, and and it just, I, it was I just knew an, they were different, but that right. one hit. It was just another confirmation to us after all we studied in psychology and philosophy and human development, like all of these different areas of study and research. Here was another one in biology saying women are just more complex in just a simple way. Like your blood work, you want your blood work done. You want to know about all of your levels and everything. It's going to take not even twice as long, 10 times as long to get the results back 
as it will for a man. So that's kind of the basic framework you've got to be come from is that, sorry, to the women and to the men, because I know I was a woman that was bothered by this previously. Like I didn't like the fact that I might be more complex or more sensitive or more this or more that or all of these things. Or even like it bothered me. Like words like chaotic yeah. or emotional. Exactly. Right. Um, I didn't like that. I didn't want to be that way. And yet when I understand myself and the world around me and, you know, everything that goes into it and you come to terms with it, you're like, okay, you just learn to work with it and it doesn't have to be a mess. You don't have to be a hot mess. You don't have to be a dumpster fire. You don't have to be all these things. You can be whole. You can be healthy. You can be well. And you can still, if if and when necessary, ugly cry to your husband (laughs) and he's going to understand what's going on and you're going to understand what's going on. And then you go on and you move on. And it's not a big deal. Like we've gotten to the point now where when we need to resolve something, when I need to talk to you about something, we can do it in, sometimes it takes an hour, but it's usually less than that. And then we go on. And and we can honestly say there's no buildup. Right. There's no baggage. Exactly. There's no uh, oh don't don't you dare bring <laughs> up that subject, right? <laughs> that some forbidden dark corner that hasn't been swept out or clean. Like it's just open and it's processed and there's no stacking because we take care right. of it. Exactly. We don't. We don't keep putting it off. We don't keep procrastinating. We don't keep like burying it or stuffing it. We're, we're to this place now where there's nothing, and if something arises, we address it right. and we move on. And with with clean, I, I mean, I don't know how to describe it. Clean vessels. Well, like, in a way, it's there's it, no it has dark, become, dusty corners. It's become productive it's become like it's this effective approach yep. systematic approach that makes it manageable and and That's so nice feelable you can handle it it's not overwhelmingly crushing you because you're like ah oh, i don't know how which i know when you begin this process it's going to feel like that cuz we've got so many wounds and mm-hmm. so many scars and many so of many you, thorns in our flesh. Yeah, you've got all kinds that we're of protecting. Saying, Don't touch that. Some of you have open wounds still that are still bleeding. They've they've never been healed, they've never been addressed. We meet people like this all the time. And it, it just has never been healed. Mm-hmm. And or or you've just been stacking and stuffing and stacking and stuffing and you just have years of of this unaddressed, unprocessed pain or struggle or whatever it is so I, I want to re- reemphasize something Rachel was saying it's like don't try to uh, fight it or resist it like learn to work with it and that doesn't mean you don't have you know emotional and mental mastery that you aren't guiding and directing yourself because you, you don't want to be this this chaotic mess mm-hmm. but when you start bringing things up when you start practicing this it's going to feel like a volcano or like a crazy tsunami tsunami <laughs> it's a storm there's going to be a storm it'll you know it, it may be the tsunami with the earthquake with the hurricane with the volcano it's yeah it's all of it and and when it starts coming up 
it feels overpowering. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just, just losing control of all this stuff. And it's got to get up and out. Um, and and I, would, I would say for, for men and women, all of us, like practice this, especially at first, if there's a lot there, take it out on paper, not on people. Yeah, I was And if gonna... there's very painful, ugly stuff, get that on paper first and, and just, just and then rip it up, burn it, shred it, get rid of it. Just get the ugly, ugly, painful stuff out on paper enough times to where then when you have to talk, it can still come out and it can still be pretty intense. But man, the mean, the hurtful, the ugliest, darkest stuff is not being thrown in the onto face the and onto the person you love the most. Right. No, so that's a good point because when we're talking about this, we're not saying anything goes. You can abuse yeah. your spouse verbally, physically, mentally. That's not what we're talking about. And so that if you have those kind of emotions, that's generally a result of stacking of lots of unresolved emotions. So the best way to begin getting those out is before you go to your spouse and you can physically kick or punch a punching bag you can go work out and box at a gym like you can anything physical like that's going to help if you get really upset go and be very physical in that way if um, you need to just scream go sit go in your car and scream or go out beach. in the forest yeah. and scream like just get all of that out if you have very horrible mean terrible things to say write that out all on paper get it all out everything like no editing, nothing. It's all pure. But when you go to talk, or say to your it, spouse, or scream it in your car. Yeah, right, go somewhere too. where no one can see you and and think you're you're <laughs> losing your mind. Right. Exactly. But then get it all. Scream it. Yell it. Say it. Then take <sighs> the edited version and present that to your spouse and say, "This is how." Because when you're doing this process and you're you know you're trying to be open, you're trying to be honest, you're trying to talk. Sometimes that is going to hurt or be painful or ugly it's not that you can't share any of that but it shouldn't be the most you're not trying to stab your spouse to death with your words right exactly and what you can be direct you can say what needs to be said but i think like you said you're not trying to stab them to death you're not trying to injure them even if you feel like you might want to right you're not trying to harm them you're trying to create a phenomenal marriage and fix and a, a legitimate problems. Right. You're trying to connect with them ultimately. So that is that that would be the first step. If you feel those intense emotion, if there's a lot of buildup, then you need to begin in that way. Or if you start with your spouse and it gets intense, then then you say, Hey, I gotta take a break. I'm gonna go punch a punching bag for a little bit here, you know, and and do that in a non-harmful way because like you said we're not trying to hurt each other we're trying to help each other but then when you go to speak to your spouse first of all you've got to have this framework of understanding you both have to try and understand what's going on now that's doesn't happen overnight it's going to take time and so I would certainly recommend reading books like men are from Mars and women are from Venus because it gives you back to this idea of shared vocabulary if you don't have the same meaning for words then it's more difficult to explain what's going on you can't say hey I need you to listen to me because 
Your husband says, I am listening to you. What are you talking about? Right? Exactly. That's exactly what I was just thinking. You say, sweetheart, I need to listen. He's like, okay, I'm listening. You're like, no. And he's like, yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I'm listening. Right. <laughs> but in, you know, like men are from Mars and women are from Venus, he says, when you're listening to your spouse, you're doing these things and you're saying these things, like this is what she needs. And then you both have this clear understanding of what exactly you're talking about and what it means and what it looks like and how it's supposed to be done. So you really do need to read those books together well, and, and I discuss say, them. Listen to this. Yeah, listen to episode, this episode and together. other episodes we've done where you, either you can listen to them separately and discuss them or listen to them together. But again, get on the same kind of ground, get to an understanding. Let let a third party introduce some ideas where you're like, oh, okay, I can I can get what, what's being and said. And I can't here. I can't emphasize enough how critical this is because it's one thing if you try to tell your spouse something and it's a totally different thing when they hear it from another source and then you both have that reservoir of information in your heads and then can talk about it together. It changes it completely. Huge. If you can't do that with your spouse, you're you're going to have a very, very, very difficult time overcoming these challenges because you don't have a shared framework. You must have that shared framework. And that honestly is the best way, I think, to eventually get to the place where then you can tell each other. Yes. That was even true in our journey. Like early on, if I said something, you're hesitant because it was coming from me and, and vice versa. Like you're mm-hmm. saying, I'm like, eh. But we, we heard else. it from so many different books and so many different places that now we've gotten to the point where Rachel says, okay, I, I, I need you to understand this or do this or and this is... And I can is. reference the book or, the, or that, the idea. And she and can you tell me I'm very specifically. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm understanding what you're saying to me. Right. Like what you mean and, the, and very specifics. And so I don't have to... I don't know. It's just that that funky thing we have as human beings. Like we don't want to hear it if it's from the the person's closest to us. But right. but we, you can get to that point then, and we're we're there where we can just say, okay, here's here's what I'm experiencing, mm-hmm. and this is what I would like. And if some of you have spouses that just refuse, because I know we've come across them. There are people out there who just refuse to. It's like an attack on their their being that someone might suggest, especially their spouse, that they should listen to something or read something that might indicate they need to improve. How dare you, How suggest, dare you suggest I need improvement? I'm not perfect, right? Like it's absurd, but it happens. And in those cases, I think these types of things are so important that you must insist upon it. And yep. we've done that in our marriage. There have been times when you're like, no, I insist this needs to happen. You need to read this. You need to listen to this. We have to overcome this challenge and it's not going to happen until things change and change will come when you listen to this. Insist upon it. You have to. If you really care about your spouse and you want to see improvement in your marriage, you're going to have to start putting some firmer boundaries. And some of those mean we need to change, you need to listen to this, and we need to talk about it. And it's... Almost in some ways, that simple. Even you just saying it like it makes me nervous. Like, oh, but it's just so true. It's true. It has to be done. You have to be able to. Well, it's like somebody one time said, you have to put your foot down, but just not on top of your spouse's foot. Exactly. And and you do. You've got to draw some line, have some boundaries. Like, no, this is unacceptable. And if your spouse says things like, 
well, what, you just think I'm not good enough? Did I? Say, none of us are good enough. None of us are as good as we could be. We all need improvement. Like, this isn't about you. This is about all of us. We have to make these efforts. It's always shocking to me when I get messages like that, which is far too often, sadly. And, and I'm blown away. I'm like, are you kidding me? Does he seriously think, like, he's... The cat's meow. All that and the bag of chips? Does... Is he so clueless he doesn't realize there's a real strain in your marriage? Like, the, the fact that you're writing me saying, our marriage is really struggling, how do I, how do I ask him to be better? Like, how, seriously? How do I get them to listen to this podcast or to read this book? Like, seriously, like, I don't... <laughs> He's that clueless? I don't think so. I don't think they are. Okay, so let's, um, yes. let's dive into some real specifics. Absolutely. Um, You'll, okay, maybe, maybe you describe this best of how it, it, it kind of stacks or well, builds, like, and, and it comes up and it's not, it's not just one thing, it's all the things. Okay, so yeah, that's first one framework that you need to understand. More often than not, for a woman, when she gets upset about something or she cries about something or she quote unquote complains about something, it's not the thing that she's complaining about that's the actual problem. And of course, to a man, right away, you're like, what? Yeah, like, are you, <laughs> you're seriously crying over that? Like, I will, I will leave right now, this instant, I will go buy you another one. I think the other thing was $7, like, I'll be back. And, and, and she's like, no, it's not like, no, but you're crying and telling me about the thing. Exactly. And she's like, it's not a thing. Like, well, but you're sitting here telling me it's the thing. And I and think... it's so confusing for a man. It is. But I, for, the, for me, the best analogy or the visual metaphor of this is that thing is the tip of the wave that's crashed on the shore. And so she has to start there. The problem with verbal language is that it's, it's linear. You know, a picture's worth a thousand words, literally. When you look at a picture, you can see everything that's there. But if you go to describe the picture, you have to start somewhere. And so the picture in her mind of everything that's bothering her is the ocean. Her trying to start describing it is the wave crashing on the shore. And it's like picking one teeny part of the picture and starting to talk about it. There's a tree over here with flowers. And, and men are like, so simple. We're like, oh, okay. So we're talking about a tree. She's like, no, no. I'm talking about this but, painting. But you just said the tree. <laughs> and and that's where the man's brain's like, I don't. I thought we were talking I about the tree. Compute. No, we're not talking about the tree. We're talking about the whole painting. I just started with the tree. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. And and the guy's sitting there because we get in the fix it mode. Right. Fine, I'll just go chop down the tree. <laughs> I'm getting my chainsaw right don't now. Don't you dare chop down that tree. That belonged to my grandmother. But I thought you hated the tree. It's like it, right. if you don't. Catch yourself, gentlemen. That's what you start. You doing. just go in fix it mode and like and you're like, what? It's not even a problem. It's not even that big of a deal. Why are you sitting here ugly crying? It's not even the big deal. It's not even an issue. And you're missing the right. whole because big picture. Because you haven't yet allowed her to explain the entire painting. Which okay? she probably can't, honestly. Which, right. That's the other challenge. Is she doesn't yet have the skills to articulate the whole painting. Now what we often see happening with clients is you're saying 
man, you need to listen to your wife. She has all of these things. She's trying to process. She's trying to work through. You need to listen to her. And he's like, well, I am listening to her, but I can't allow her to X, Y, Z. I can't allow her to, you know, say things that are inaccurate. I can't allow her to throw me under the bus. I can't allow her to do this. So he's trying to start arguing with her or defend himself or to correct her perceptions. None of that's going to work in this type of listening. The man wants to be right. Accurate. He wants to be logical. I I think that's, yeah. Accurate, logical. She's being metaphorical. We're feeling this this desire rising us of like, no, that's wrong. Look, look, hey, let's be logical about this. Let's be reasonable. (laughs) Let's not, now you just said one thing and now it just, you just said the opposite thing. Exactly. Like, are you kidding me? Now you're over here. Now you're over there. I thought you said you were happy. Now you're just telling me you're miserable. Like, what? Uh, are you going insane? Right. right? And we're exactly. trying to reason through all this with logic and accurateness. You just have to stop. And, and what she's trying to do is she's literally trying to describe this painting, which is filled with lights and darks and flowers and sun and moon and sky like the painting is very complex there's a lot in there there's tons and tons and tons in the whole painting and she feels each part right intensely and she wants to describe it she wants to share it she wants to release it so that then it's not bouncing around in her head forever creating this chaotic mess because that's what's happening otherwise it's like all of these things are going everywhere and as she's releasing it, you're literally wanting to like put it in order and stack and it up and fix, fix it. And, and she's like, no, just let me get it all out. I'm trying to tell her why she doesn't need to feel that way. Right. Or now, even trying to make her you it's either consciously or, or wrong. Yeah, like you're, wrong you're trying to make her or, wrong. Like, no, babe, that's just, that's not the case. No, and and you, maybe you're doing it subconsciously or consciously and you're, you're trying to make her wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Or trying to show that she's missing things, which right. in this situation she likely is, but it's a part of the entire portrait she's trying to get out. And I think that's important because she feels so intensely, she might misrepresent things. Oh, yeah. She might misunderstand things. She might be a little blinded. This isn't the place to be like, no, you're right. seeing this incorrectly. And in fact, what I've learned with myself is that if I'm allowed to go through this process of throwing out all of these things, I generally come to my own conclusions of like, oh, well, yeah, that's actually a little extreme. And I settle back into something that's more accurate and perceptive. Okay, but this, if I'm not allowed to yeah. do that, I get very defensive yep. and then I'm going to I'm going to hold You're my gonna ground die and I'm going to prove this. Yeah. I'm going to die on that hill. Even though you know it's wrong <laughs> right. conceptually. So men will think through things, process things, go all around in their minds, and then they'll say something like, you know, I, I think maybe we should do this. Your wife is often going to just, whatever comes up, like, I'm thinking oh, you know what? Loud. We just need to move. And you're like, what? You're like, no, okay, maybe let's just do this. And she's just throwing out any idea over here, over there. And some of them are crazy and dumb and ludicrous. Just it's a way don't say anything. Thinking just, out loud. It's a way of processing ideas and thoughts. Any and crazy thought them. that comes up can come out. It's okay. And she'll she'll say it and then later she'll realize oh, that was a really crazy idea. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's how she comes back and like, oh no, yeah, we really don't need to do that. But if you hold on to everything she says and like 
But you but, said. Yeah, exactly. You, I heard you say with your own mouth, like, don't do that, man. <laughs> She's not literal in everything. She's just like, what about this? And, well, and she doesn't, and it's usually not a question form. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. usually so intense. It's a statement. It's a statement. This, this, and well, this. And the man's brain's trying to grab hold of a statement like he would make it. Right. He's trying to be the anchor. Yeah. And she's the ocean. And he's like, what's going on here? So I've also seen with myself that it's kind of sometimes it's almost like I'm pulling on a thread. And so I will pull things out of my brain and I'm testing them. I'm trying to see what hits, what what I feel. And especially lately, I've done this more because Greg will be like, well, you know, we both can tell when something's off, like something's off. You're not feeling exactly right. You're a little, maybe a little more irritable, maybe a little more upset, maybe a little more frustrated. Like what's going on here? And I'll throw things out and I'll obviously start with what's right in front of me. Well, that just stupid thing just happened right here or that broke or this. And then I'll pick the next thing that happened maybe before that or that happened yesterday or that happened. And I'll pull on stuff until sometimes I can tell because my eyes will start to water. I'm like, that's it. That's what's really bothering me, but I don't know it until I can pull out these things of like, is it this? Is it this? Is it this? It's that one right there. And then I know that's what's really bothering me. And then we can actually talk about that thing. But before we knew that, we'd end up talking yeah. about all of those things and wasting all of this time until we actually got to the real thing that was really bothering me. I think I think that is so insightful right there, that, that visual of just pulling it's like all the these magician strings. with the, the yep. hat. And sometimes it it's just a string, and sometimes it's a string attached to a, just a, exactly. a big blob of something, and it's mm-hmm. got to come up and out. Mm-hmm. As we're sitting here talking about this, it might, I don't want, it kind of might sound like we're just chaotic, crazy, <laughs> like this happened. Like, we're, we're in such a good place, like, it rarely, rarely happens, and when it does, it's it's gentle. It's calm. There's there's it's some an irritation comes out. Like yeah, this it's and a address lot more it And it just moves on now. But it's still there. Like there's no, you guys. There's just no. And again, I'm I'm not trying to make you feel bad if you're still in this spot. It's like we've been working on this for a very long time. There's no craziness. No screaming or yelling. There never has been. There's no insulting. We just we've just never done that. It's not ugly. We're not fighting. There's no, there's nothing where like the, our marriage is being damaged. The kids are afraid. Like that never happens anymore. And if that happens in your marriage, we're not trying to make you feel bad. We're trying to say you can work through this. And this is one of the critical ways to do that. Now, there are times when we speak with passion and intensity. And that can happen when we're discussing a subject. Like the other day I was talking about... Um, we're listening to this book about archaeology and astronomy and like ancient people and I was talking about how they understood pi and all of these things. She was, was just telling me about speaking like so intensely and cool my, mathematical my things. Yeah. She's like, are you mad? Are you fighting? I'm like, no, I'm just really excited and intense about this. But I had also used a similar type voice a few days before or the day before because I was getting after something Greg had done that I thought he shouldn't be doing. And I was very firm and adamant about it. And I was using a very intense, serious voice. And, you know, same type of thing. She didn't like that either. But 
it's my passionate voice, right? And so we're not saying there's no emotion being shown at all, but it's it's not the it's not mean yelling, yeah. mean, you know, screaming. It's not that kind of stuff that we're talking about. Which again is something you have to work on getting to. It wasn't always like that. There's been more intensity in our past, but it's something you can learn how to understand what's going on. And that's the key, I guess, here, is once you begin to get this framework and understand what's happening, then you're able to figure out exactly what it is you're talking about. Because, you know, even clients I've worked with, they'll be like, well, yeah, he thought I was talking about the trees or the grass or the flowers or the flower bed. But really, it's not about that. My real concern is that he doesn't trust me. He doesn't listen to me. He doesn't really value my opinions. That's the real issue, but he thinks it's about the grass or the flower beds. And and I think that's that's very important and worth um, focusing in on a bit here. Because, well, you might not know what the core issue is, mm-hmm. and then even if you do, you might not be able to articulate it or get to it. So it's it's very valid that that you might be going in circles around things that aren't the real thing. Mm-hmm. And it's important to point out that people, and, and in this case, just in this context, we're talking about men listening to women. Women might be speaking their symptoms. So what they're saying is is a symptom of, of a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. They're, they're speaking their deeper fears or worries or concerns or unmet needs. But they might be using physical exactly. objects in the real world as a representation of so that. So they're saying this one thing and, and you can get fixated on that and be like, oh, that's what they're talking about. It's like, no, 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 no. And they try to and fix that. What's the... Yeah, exactly. Like one of my clients says, like, it feels like I'm playing whack-a-mole. Because she's like, it's this, or it's this, or it's this, or it's this. Like, what the heck? When really all of that is symptoms for an underlying problem. Exactly. So, and a good husband's like, oh, well, I'll take care of this, I'll take care of this, I'll take care of this, I'll take care of this. And he's like, well, it didn't didn't fix anything. She told me those were all the problems, and I did all of them, and it didn't fix the problem. That's because it's not the problem. Right. Those are all Those the symptoms. Branches. Yeah, all the branches of the root of the problem are symptoms of of this cause. So, and again, she may not know it or or be or able to hit, articulate you. it, and she may not like my my experience is she doesn't know what the the real underlying cause is, but she just is talking to all these feelings and worries and concerns and, and all this stuff. Those are just vehicles of, of the symptoms. She's trying to get at, and it's almost like you have to be a detective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're listening. You're sincerely listening. You're hearing it, and, and probably probably not in the moment. But afterwards, you're like, okay, what, what's she really saying? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it'll come back to something like that. Like, right. I don't know if I can trust you. I don't feel like yeah, I don't you trust feel me. You respect validated. Me. I don't you feel respected. Listen to me. You find me attractive or find me you know that I'm smart that I have valuable opinions yes she's almost always going to be speaking from some kind of insecurity insecurity meaning she 
she's lacking some kind of security or certainty. Mm -hmm. That's a gigantic driver for women. They need to feel certain and secure. So she's often speaking of some kind of insecurity where it's something underlying there where she's like, I'm just not sure about this. And so she'll talk about a hundred different things. And the one underlying cause was she feels insecure about something. Right. But the challenge is that when she starts to talk about those things, he goes into fix it mode trying to fix it, which doesn't allow her to get to the underlying problem because she's now on the defensive defending these things instead of continuing to delve deeper into where the real problem is. And so they never get to that and they never get to fix it. And she never feels that that's resolved because guess what? He did the exact thing that makes her feel that way. He never got to get to that inner sanctum in a way to see her true self and say, I love and I love and respect your true self. Now she feels secure and doesn't have to do this game and this song and dance of trying to tell him it's all these things that he needs to fix that he can't actually fix because really it's inside. It's in her. And if it's a deep insecurity, she's going to protect it and hide it. Yes. And so she's going to come up with all, well, our life will be better, our kids will be happier, our marriage will be better, whatever, if, if you do this, and then, then you do it. And like, Well, no, it, it's if you do this. Mm-hmm. No, it's if you do this. And it never gets to that deep right. core issue. Because she's never had the time, space, or attention to be fully listened to. Now, again, if this has been stacking for months, years, decades, this process is going to take a while, legitimately. And some practice. And it's going to take a lot of practice. Ironically, she's going to have to practice talking because mm-hmm. that there's a skill there of, of, like Rachel was saying, pulling the strings out. And if and she's used to just throwing things out there and then defending, being defensive, well, she's going to be suspicious of you and like, and wait a second. she will test mm. you, dude, and test you. And <laughs> that is just the nature of the feminine, to test the masculine. Will they handle this? Can right. they handle this? Exactly. Will they stick around? Can I ugly cry? Can I share my real worries and concerns? Can I just throw it all on you? And will you? St- can you handle it? Will right. you stick around? Can you handle the storm? Right. It, and that's legit. And for many of you, you might be like, that's terrible. It sounds horrible, even as a woman. And yet, that's the process that's played out, not only in our own lives and our own marriage, but in all the books we've read about this subject. That's what happens. The woman is the ocean, and she's going to test you with her storm. And if you can't withstand it, she's not opening to you fully. Exactly. And so sometimes she doesn't really even tell you what she's deeply afraid of. Well, and then and then as she's, and it feels like vomiting sometimes, mm-hmm. as or she's vomiting all of this on you, you, she's simultaneously thinking, he can't he stand me. me. Yeah. He hates so annoying i'm so irritated i'm so this is so ugly ugly yeah this I is so hate hideous. it. he hates it and you've told me this you're like when when you've done it you're like it's so hideous even to me uh-huh. so like you've said this like it's, it's hideous to you and and then you're you'll do it and then you're like you don't even like me <laughs> you you're, you're terrible i'm just a despicable human being <laughs> 
right? And and, and she's so worried. Funny. She has to get it out, but she's worried because it it's crazy. Right, exactly. And it's so funny when you're in because there's a th- it's almost like emotion. It is an ocean. It's almost like it takes over. And when I'm in an emotional state, I don't think clearly. I I think that the um, the way the brain functions, it's almost like a fight or flight type mode, perhaps mm-hmm. that turns off the. Why can't I think of the word? The, the prefrontal, prefrontal cortex, cortex. right? That turns off the prefrontal cortex, so I'm not thinking in the same logical way. So when I'm not in that, and we talk about it, it sounds so funny. It's so ridiculous, you know. It's like, oh, that's silly. But when I'm in it, it is a totally different brain state. Mm-hmm. It really is. It really is. And so we have to both of us be aware of what's going on, and we don't even call it out. We'll, you know, we'll be like, oh yeah, I'm, it's the ocean right now. Like, let's just ride the waves and get through it. But that's how we understand what's happening, because otherwise you do get drowned by the waves. Neither of you really understanding what's happening to you and what's and, going on. And she will say and do things in that state that again aren't reasonable <laughs> or even accurate there's been many times and it happened with us and with others where you'll say just leave me alone which the last thing you want me to do is mm-hmm. to leave you alone or you'll just walk away and you'll leave and and or tell me to go away just go away mm-hmm. but what do you really mean what i really mean, mean is that i need you to love and accept me, accept me. In fact, I need you to touch me. So in this state, if you withdraw physically from me, it makes me feel even more vulnerable. Even though you just said, rejected. don't touch me, don't come near me, mm-hmm. go away, leave me alone. What you're really wanting, it, again, it's part of the test, right? You're saying, can he stand this? Does right. he still love me even though like, I'm being crazy or illogical. crying illogical I'm, right. I'm complaining I'm all, I'm all this stuff will he still touch me right will now, he still love now. me will he still cuddle so like in in at least for us when this has happened and and I have to articulate this it is so challenging for a man to want to sit here mm-hmm. and touch and hold and cuddle his wife when she's just blah, 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 <laughs> blah. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is so ridiculous, so hideous, so crazy. You want me to just cuddle you? Like, I don't even feel like being in the same room with you. Like, if I could just run off to my man cave or my car or my motorcycle or the weight room or a boxing bag or my mountain bike, if I could go anywhere but here, I would be okay. But you're driving me crazy, woman. And now you want me to hold you? Exactly. And it's like, it's almost like this repulsive, like, I I want to strangle you so you stop. Got you. (laughs) Exactly. Now, the other challenge to this, this is why it's so complex. Because especially if, now I'm to the point where I understand what's going on. 
And we'll even use this in our dialogue. Greg will say to me, is this a time when I listen or do you want answers from me? Do you want solutions? And sometimes I am. I'm just talking and I want solutions. I, no, give me some solutions. So we're at a place where we can do that. But then I'll just be like, no, just listen, right? I just need to get it out. And I don't know if I, the challenge when I'm vulnerable in that way, I don't think I would ever say, no, I really need you to hold me. Like, I, I want you to know that that's what I need. But I think I would say, no, I really just need some time to myself now because there will be those times, especially early on in a phase where she's trying to figure it out. She might legitimately need some space. Like, I'm gonna punch something right now. No, you really need to go. So that is, of course, what makes it extra challenging is because sometimes that is what she actually needs. and. We've tried to teach these things to our kids, and I know our daughters have been like, well, I just want a guy to know what I need, and, and it's not gonna happen. You have to articulate it for him. And then on the other side, we've explained to our sons that like, your woman, she needs you to go after her and chase you. And so they have tried to use that with their sister sometimes, and it doesn't work, because it's a different type of relationship. So you can't just assume that if a woman says this, she means the opposite. No, that's not the case. We're talking about a unique situation where she's very vulnerable, she's very open, she's sharing her innermost feelings in a way that she doesn't do with everyone else. So it can be difficult to navigate this because you don't know what is actually playing when, out there. When, now, when she means it and when, when she, she actually says go away, like means this happened early away. on where you, you say go away, and this was really important. At some point after a, a quote storm, you said to me, no, what I, when I say go away or when I leave, I actually want you to follow me. Right. I, I want, I want you to, to know, pursue me. Uh, yeah, I want to be pursued. I want to know that after all that Ugliness. ugly dump, you still love me. Right. You, you still, still adore want me. me. You're going to come fight, fight for me. You're going right. to pursue me even though I'm running. Yes. You're going to chase me. Or when I say go away, you're not just going to actually go away. Right. Because you're that you're committed to me well and you at one point you're like i i want to know that you're not just that weak of a man i say go away and you say tuck your tail and leave mm -hmm. and i was like oh mm -hmm. like i thought i was being a good husband mm -hmm. by listening to my wife when she says go away and i'm like <laughs> okay yes dear she's like no that's not what i want and i was like but that's what you said exactly and so yeah you're right there are times when you're like just give me some space and, and the space is good so if you can learn to be an adult and articulate that, that obviously is where the most power is. But if you're not sure, you are basically trying to figure it out together. And, and a lot of this that we figured out often happened afterwards. So we would have something that went on and it was confusing to both of us and later we would talk about it. That's key. Later when we were both calmer and more rational and reasonable, then we would explain, well, I said this, but I was feeling this, and I meant this, and, I, and, and this represented this to me. And so we walked through it so we had better understanding of what happened. And I think that that's something a lot of couples don't do, but it's really been key in helping us to better understand each other's psychology and the psychology of the relationship to know, hey, this whole thing happened. What happened? Let's talk about it. I remember one really vividly years ago where I felt like I was getting better, I was really listening, but I was like on the other side of the room or on the other side of the bed. And 
I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Like, I, I was engaged. I was looking at you. I focused. And she's like, yeah, but you're all the way on the other side of the room. As though I'm disgusting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as though you're as far away from me as you could possibly get while still staying in the room. And I was like, no, I was, I was just listening. He's like, well, it would be, it would be better if you were right next to me, holding my hand or, you know, touching me, so you don't, yeah, so I'm not detestable. So that and I, I know that you still want and adore me. While you're processing, I can handle the storm and still adore you. Mm-hmm. And and I, I wrote this down. I wanna like I wanna articulate this for you. If gentlemen, if if you're annoyed or resentful or disengaged, you're distracted, if you're trying to disagree, if you're trying to prove her wrong, if you're trying to fix her problems, you're not really listening. And, and there's an energy to that. So you have to man up and build. Uh, the way I visualize it now is just be the lighthouse, be the rock in that storm. And the mm-hmm. wind and the waves and the storm raging against it. And the lighthouse just, just sits mm-hmm. there calmly, shining the light. Mm-hmm. And it's not making you better. You're not, you're not the light in the dark marriage. <laughs> Like it's not making you better. You're just you can handle the storm, and you can sit and listen and let her process and just throw it all out. And you're not bothered by it. Mm-hmm. You're not worked up. You're not just taking everything literally and personally. And personally, yeah. You don't sit there and be so. Man, this makes me want to swear. <laughs> don't be so fragile that you're just this little beat up puppy. <laughs> Just take it like a man. And if she calls you out on some of your crap, own it and fix it, dude. Stop. The only way this works is if you're actually striving to be a better human being. If, if you're just still persisting in your own crap and she's calling you out and you're like, oh, she was just having an emotional day. No, or- it's your crap, dude. Fix your crap. Drop all your vices, your addictions, anything that's keeping you captive or in bondage, anything that's holding you back from being a fully engaged husband and an amazing father, drop that crap, be done with it and man up. And then listen like this, holy, fully, like engage and hear it and be the strength so she can just get it all out. And then you're there. Because, and it's so interesting and fascinating to me. I've, I've literally analyzed this for a very long time. And I've, I've thought about it archetypally. I've thought about it um, psychologically, philosophically, mythically, religiously. Like there's really a lot of depth here in what's going on. It's this whole dance between men and women, between chaos and order, between creation. Like there's really a lot here. There's more than meets the eye. And that's one of the things that I love to do and think about is, you know, seeing all of these archetypes play out. And ultimately, I think that is what happens here on a deep level is that a woman essentially is trying to find that rock. A lot of us women, especially it's, nowadays. It's certainty, it's yeah, surety, it's security. Exactly. And especially nowadays, women are... 
they want to be equal with men, but in a way that makes them just like men, right? And that's not what real equality means to me. Real equality is recognizing our own unique gifts and capabilities and strengths and then complementing each other, kind of like the yin and yang. I love the yin and yang symbol. And it's, it's like that, it's this mix of different balancing um, characteristics and qualities that make us both strong and equal. We're not inferior because one is this way and the other is that way. But I think today too many women are trying to be just like a man, but in a strong relationship, you thrive by having the opposites. Mm -hmm. Our relationship thrives when I embrace my feminine and the masculine parts of me. I have a masculine side as well, right? That's my, especially my ambition, my productivity, you know, all of those types of things. I have that as well. I'm embracing my, my true aspects and you're embracing yours and we're using them to balance each other out. And so in the, this archetypal way, the feminine is the chaos. It's the potential for creation. It's the potential, you know, the ocean is created. It's a, a, for, a force of life, you know, um, the field of pure potentiality. It's chaos in that it's nothing, but it's everything, right? It's every, it's where everything comes from. And yet that has to be balanced with something else that's its opposite. And so I think that that's what the masculine is in this sense. It's this certainty, it's the lighthouse, it's the rock where the woman's the ocean. And not that they can't play those differing roles, but in these types of interactions, when you understand that that's what is needed, I, when I'm the storm, you need to be the rock. And if you can be that rock, that just makes both of us better and stronger. And it makes the relationship better and stronger. Cause I know that you're that certainty. And you know, most of the time, I've got my crap together, right? It's not like I'm this chaotic mess and that's not what we're support, you know, that's not what we're saying. Like women should go around being a chaotic mess and the men will hold up. No, that's not what I'm saying. And in fact, but, in our case, it's actually quite rare because like we said before, we, we don't have any issues. Right, we, we work through the issues. All we work issues. through the issues as they come up. As the problems come up or the you know concerns or emotions come up, we make it a priority to focus on working through that. You know, we don't postpone it. It happens when it needs to happen. We even put off work sometimes, or we'll tell the kids, hey, we're, we gotta talk, we're working on something. And we make it a huge priority. And because of that, you're right, the times when the storm happen are very rare and infrequent because we have this beautiful process that allows us to maintain that sense of balance, I guess, in the universe, right? Yep. So, and again, man, I, I have to point this out. This, in our case right now, because we've been working on this so long, the storms are quite small and infrequent. Mm -hmm. But if you have chronic issues that are not being addressed, if there are problems and she keeps bringing it up and you don't fix it, like well, whatever, it could be your... it might be the wrong word because in this case, we're talking about just allowing it to be expressed right. well, while you are the, the rock. Yes, which is, is awesome. I, I'm speaking of one of an instance where, let's say you have a bad habit. Because um, right. this comes up a lot too, where, where someone will reach out to us and be like, oh, we always fight about money. 
and it's like th there's this issue around finances or the way we're parenting or uh, health problems or whatever where it's it's actually it is chronic actually a chronic problem where you have a bad habit or a bad attitude there's something that must be fixed and it's not being fixed this this isn't and i'm saying this because i want to bring this up because i don't want you to walk away saying oh well, she's just emotional she, just, she just keeps talking about she needs to process, process that it. like no dude you need to fix that crap no and 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 she does too right she'll have things so it, the way the storm those big ugly storms go away is because we actually resolve a legitimate right. problem like there is exactly. a problem and it gets fixed now once it's fixed the there is a problem that needs fixing and it is fixed well then then that's no longer an issue and, and you're mm -hmm. just processing other stuff yeah you're right because that's also not what we're saying we're not saying that oh if you do this process then the real problems of life aren't really problems right because you just you're just processing them and process them no you actually do have to solve the real problems and some of the storms are happening because there's real problems i mean we've had parents telling i've had moms tell me like i want to buy stuff for my kids homeschool and my husband won't let me spend the money or he doesn't make enough money or this or he won't let me have any control over this or he never listens to me about this those are real problems or he just is looking at porn all the time like that's a real problem right. and it is destroying your relationship that has to stop right so we're in no way saying that oh if you just listen to your wife and let her process these emotions then the problems can go unresolved no a lot of the storm is going to be caused because of real problems they are real issues that need to be addressed and fixed now that kind of contradicts where we're like don't go and fix it. don't just say don't worry i'll take care of it hun she needs to have that period that time when you listen to her and just allow her to express all of these feelings but then that day or the next day you go to work right. fixing that problem right Actually, so, and, fix it. And, and I guess this is a real mark of maturity and communication listening of knowing what needs fixing and knowing what just needs to be heard. Mm -hmm. So I can tell, like Rachel can talk through things and I'll just listen and let her say all the things. Okay, great. And then I can tell if she says something like, yeah, okay, that needs to be addressed. It's, it's a real thing, especially if it's some kind of character flaw or some kind of negligence. If you've been negligent in any way and it's compounded and she brings it up then you better pay attention fix that crap and and not in the moment you're going to listen you're going to hear you're going to reflect and then you're going to get dead serious about fixing the issues and the problems and if there's chronic problems and chronic negligence it must be addressed and resolved Ooh, it's good Good stuff. Important, critically important. So hopefully, you you walk away and and we invite you to like listen to this and listen to it with your spouse and re-listen to it like have regular reminders. That's it. Share it with friends and it. family and yeah, like and and practice it. So learn about it and practice it. Make it a part of how you guys do life together. And now I hope you have or can have the beginning of a common vocabulary, a common framework, a common reference of what le listening really is. And as you get better and better at this and process things that haven't yet been processed, there's gonna be, mm -hmm. there will be some difficult, unpleasant things that need to be worked through. And can I make one more plea? Well, and I have something else to say too. Okay. Don't 
leave anything um, off limits. Some of you have these these issues that I don't know why, maybe from your own upbringing or maybe it's too painful or sensitive for you or whatever. You just have this thing like it's, it, it's completely off limits. Maybe it's like, you know, you can never talk about me being overweight. That's completely off limits. Don't ever bring it up. That's crazy. It should be talked about. And it should be talked about with your spouse. That's the one person that you should be able to talk to anything about. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe you don't talk about money. Maybe you don't talk about religion. Maybe you don't talk about sex. Maybe you don't talk like what are the? I mean, there's all these little like taboo things like you don't talk about. Don't remove that crap. Be willing to talk about anything and everything, and it's going to be tough. But as you get to that point where it is just legitimately a full open book it, that's intimacy mm-hmm. into me you see right well and what i want to add because we've laid out this whole picture for people that sounds actually very to- terrible <laughs> it sounds so unpleasant so horrible like why would we do this um i think i just want to emphasize that in the end, it actually becomes an enjoyable process. I, I, I think it, not, not that it's, we've mentioned before that sometimes I'm like, oh, this is so dumb or ridiculous, like why is this happening? But that's become more rare. More often than not, I find it a source of true connection where I have some sort of worry or concern, like even everything from, is World War Three starting, you know, to are we gonna be able to help our parents? Or, you know, whatever. The, how are we going to help our kids find spouses? Anything that comes up on my mind, I know I can turn to you and I can talk to you about it. And because I can do that, there's so much strength in our marriage and so much more strength in me. Like, I am a healthier person mentally, emotionally because of that, because I have someone I can rely on no matter what. I'm going to cry, gosh. <laughs> that I can just turn to you are my rock and you are there to listen to me to hear me and I can share everything with you so that's the beauty of it that's the magic that's the magic of it that it's it's not all unpleasant there was unpleasantness and ugliness that we had to go through to get to that point as we figured this whole process out and it wasn't easy and even now sometimes we still forget because sometimes we'll still be like oh wait Wait, this is what's going on here. Remember? Oh, it's this that's happening. And we have to remind each other. Especially me. Like, oh, oh, sorry. I forgot I'm not supposed to talk. My bad. I was in talk mode. Right. Especially true for me because I'm a coach. Yeah, Like, I'm constantly helping people and advising, coaching. And and I'll have to stop. Oh, I'm not coaching. Right. I'm listening. And so I'll stop. Exactly. And it's a beautiful thing that, that I know now. Rachel can come to me. And she's not like in the same moment I'm in. I, I could be sitting there being like, gosh, what a beautiful day. And she's like, 25 years from now, what <laughs> are we going to do with our grandkids? And I'm like, oh. And then she's like, and 25 years ago. I'm like, what? Like, I can just see the beauty of her mind, like considering 
all kinds of things everywhere and I get to see into you mm-hmm. and just let you think out loud and be you mm-hmm. like which what well, that's what I want and I want to know you and and see that and and really appreciate the beauty of our differences right well and I've often thought that because of the unique needs and interests and desires between a man and a woman, between you and me, that it's what completes the circle of our intimacy. You are drawn to me more consistently physically, which connects us that way, and I'm drawn to you more consistently with a need to share my feelings, which connects us that way, and I think invites you to, I mean, because you're very great at sharing with me and being open and, you know, sharing your thoughts with me. It's not so much a need for you, but you've learned to do that more. And, and so I love it. Right. And so we love to have conversation, discuss things, and, and be very open that way. And so it is. It's a circle of intimacy where each of us, in the yin, the yin and yang, bring our unique needs and desires to complete that circle, which keeps us fully and wholly intimate. Right. And, and my drive to be physical with you, to have sex with you, it, it draws me to you. Mm-hmm. And your drive to be able to just process and express and share and talk and just share whatever's on your mind draws you to me. Mm-hmm. And it would be so foolish of me to direct that elsewhere mm-hmm. or turn it away or resist it Mm-hmm. because I don't understand it or I don't have that same need and, and I'm like, uh, uh, push it away just like it would be very foolish right. for you to turn away my sexual desire mm-hmm. for you because it's oh, not it's the same much, for you like I don't feel that way I don't need that or it's you know it doesn't need to happen so much if I turn that away, I am literally turning away that potential intimacy that yep. we could share. We've even had people say, like, oh, it's not a big deal if my husband looks at porn because then I don't have to deal with his sex drive anymore. You're literally killing your own intimacy. Yep. You are murdering it yep. by pushing away that drive that's drawing them to you instead of accepting it and embracing it and using it to connect you further it's becoming a wedge that drives you apart. And same on the other side. If I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm glad my wife will just call her mom or her sisters or go out with her girlfriends and tell tell them everything she's thinking about so I don't have to worry about it. Same thing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually compromising our connection and our closeness. Mm-hmm. And if you want an absolutely extraordinary marriage, we have to have this level of closeness, connection, and intimacy. Mm-hmm. It is, you're right, it's a very, very beautiful, and wonderful thing and it is a skill that we need to learn and practice and implement and it's huge and man when it works it's magic it is magic in the marriage so okay uh listen to this with your spouse or have your spouse listen to it share it love you guys practice listening if you have specific questions or interests or concerns or wonder how well, what about this what about that serious questions we we love we love that hopefully this has been extremely valuable for you as this has been quite literally transformational 
in our relationship. And it can be for you guys too. Okay, love you. Reach upward. Thank you.